Alex, could you tell me the story of the Sealback cocktail? Absolutely. Uh, it was discovered in the early 90s by Adam Seeger, who was the bar manager at the uh, Sealback Hotel bar at the time. I know um, it well. He, yeah. uh, he was, they were knocking down some walls, and he found an old crinkled piece of paper with a recipe written down on it. Uh, it is bourbon, Cointreau, Agnesura bitters, Peychaud's bitters, and it's topped with champagne, which is very mm. odd. Uh, the recipe said that it was a result of a clumsy bartender dropping some champagne into a Manhattan. Uh, Sounds delicious. And they served it to the guests anyway. The guests loved it, and it became a, a staple for the bar, uh, even becoming their signature drink, so they named it after the hotel. Um, once it was discovered, it kind of took the nation by storm in the 90s, like this old cocktail that just disappeared from history and then was refound, uh, and it made its way onto menus on coast to coast. Uh, the greatest thing about this cocktail and about the whole story is that it's all total bullshit. Seeger <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 admitted about 20 years later that he wanted to make a signature drink for the hotel and uh, found a recipe he really liked and just decided to make up this really great classic story about it. Um, it just goes to show that uh, you never want to let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> Boom. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. So happy new year, listeners. We're starting the year off right with a fabulous guest. His name is Alex Eiler, and he is the bar manager at Sidebar. Welcome to the program, Alex. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. Um, so we interviewed uh, Chris Spinato. He was the bar manager at Sidebar. He's moved on to Washington, D.C., so we wish him all the best. Um, so we already know that Sidebar is an amazing place, an amazing happy hour, Great hospitality, Tapas Tuesday is the best, but tell us about you. What What's your favorite spirit to work with? Um, I am a clear spirits uh, kind of enthusiast. Uh, I started with gin, uh, kind of moved on to tequila as I got older, just a little bit cleaner on my, uh, my intestines, I guess. <laughs> um, but I still love, I, I grew up on bourbon. Um, I'm, a, I'm basically a lover of all, uh, but clear spirits, vodka, gin, tequila are kind of my go-tos for for working with too yeah All except right. vodka maybe i can I always you can always work with vodka that's true it's i always say it's the iceberg lettuce of spirits it exactly. just goes it just takes on the flavor or whatever you <laughs> exactly. with it so you can't hate that it infuses really well there you go if you yes. want to do something like that if you don't like the flavor just put something else in it and it'll take it on yeah great um do you have a favorite cocktail that you drink I am a tequila and soda person if I'm not at a cocktail bar. Tequila uh, and tequila soda. Tequila and soda. You know, um, I've never done that. You know, it's it's exactly what you think it is. Uh, it's, yeah. it's tequila and it's soda. It's just a way to thin out your tequila, give a little bit of effervescence, maybe throw a lime in there. And I I'm love usually, that idea. I'm a no bar fruit kind of person. I just don't waste it. You know, give it to somebody else. I'm okay. not going to use it. Um, so are you Reposado, Blanco? I'm more of a Blanco Okay. Um, I find that after Clear. after a long night, I can wake up the next day. I can go go exercise and feel fine. If it's just if I stick to blanco all night. Mm -hmm. What yeah, about to make? Spirit. Do you have a favorite cocktail that you make? Um, if Chris is listening, he's going to laugh because he knows the answer to this. Uh, the improved tequila cocktail, which is a take on the improved whiskey cocktail, which kind of begot the old fashioned. Um, more or less the same thing, just with a reposado tequila and um, like a honey syrup or an agave syrup instead of maraschino. 
So Angostura bitters, uh, Peychaud's, a little bit of absinthe rinse, uh, Reposada tequila, and uh, just a little bit of agave, stirred mm. with a lemon. So kind of a twist on a Sazerac in a way. Yeah, the, the improved whiskey cocktail, or the, the improved um, kind of, or the improved group of cocktails, I guess is what they're called, uh, is sort of like the precursor to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And they kind of fall in, in between a lot. So it's in between a Manhattan, a Sazerac, and an Old Fashioned. Got it. So an improved, is that the actual name of the cocktail? That's or is the that... actual name. Okay. So the, the, the whiskey cocktail being more or less an old-fashioned um, or more or less a Manhattan is more or less just uh, flavor and whiskey or whiskey and water. That's technically a cocktail in its, oh. in its own right. Mm-hmm. So when the uh, expatriated bartenders are coming back from Prohibition, they were bringing back absinthe, they were bringing back Luxardo, um, and they were just using it in drinks so they were just called called these drinks the improved drinks okay so it's just a, a, the next step up from this drink how long have you been bartending oh well, let's see it is 2020 now so uh, about five years okay um i started as a door guy in a music venue and worked my way up from jumping from there um working as a, at a door as a door guy at a couple different places uh, i called myself a freelance door guy really i just Anybody needed some help and I was not working, kind of, hey, you need somebody to sit at the door and check IDs? I can do that. Awesome. So uh, I went from there to working retail and back and forth between restaurants and retail. And finally, I was working retail. And one day, uh, my request for Christmas was denied. And I only get to see my family like once a year at mm-hmm. Christmas. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I put my two weeks in right for two weeks before Christmas, much to their uh, chagrin. (laughs) (laughs) And I went full time as a barback host, kind of utility person at uh, Strongwater. And then worked my way up from there, from kind of weaseling my way into bartending and serving Mm -hmm. to being one of their closing bartenders to taking over their bar program. And now here I am. (laughs) Nice. And you're a musician as well. I am. Uh, I play drums, I sing, and I can get a lot of sounds out of a lot of other instruments. What yeah. uh, what kind of music do you play? Um, my band uh, called She Bears is, I would say, melodic indie rock. Kind of loud, not too loud. Melodic, not like folksy. I don't know, we're guitar driven. Like I said, loud enough to, to wear earplugs at the shows. So you have you been playing your whole life, or when did that start? I started playing drums when I was about 13, um, very poorly. I took drum lessons for about two months, decided I didn't like my teacher, and said, you know what, I think I'm going to kind of stop. And then my friends wanted to start a band, and they said, hey, you kind of know how to play. <laughs> and so we just kind of learned from each other, and I've been self-taught ever since. How, how often do you do gigs? Um, we are in the process of a recording Right now, we're about 80% done with the full length. Uh, it'll be our fourth or fifth full length. Oh, wow. Um, so we're kind of taking a break from playing shows right now, but mm-hmm. uh, we're still practicing once or twice a week and recording at least once once every two weeks. That's amazing. Yeah, we've been playing together for about 11 years. Very cool. Do you have a website? and? Uh, you can find us all over social media at, at We Are She Bears. And that's S-H-E-B-E-A-R-S, She Bears. We'll have to look for that. Listeners, look look that up. Uh, you and I have a connection. You do. Um, we are both, where well, your grandmother lives in my hometown of yes. New Albany, Indiana. Yes. You never lived there, though. I did not. 
your dad or yes my my dad and his his family have lived or his mom has lived there almost her whole life uh and my dad grew up there in new albany when was the last time you were there oh we used to do christmas there every year uh as my grandmother gets older she's 95 now oh, wow. um she her house just isn't big enough to hold our expanding families mm-hmm. so uh we now do it in athens ohio but we did it up at her house up until about three years ago so the last time i was there was actually I would say two years ago on a separate trip. So you need to go back. Sure. It has changed a lot for the better. Sure. Um, it's still a sleepy little town, but it's really like there's a lot of new stuff happening. We were just there this past weekend and checked went out to, a couple of bars. And... Yeah. So we went to the Earl, which is a newer cocktail bar. Sure. Their cocktails are very sweet. They need, I mean, uh, sweet for me. So I think they mm. need to maybe pull back on the sweetness a little bit, but. It was the bartender was amazing, cool atmosphere. There's a great place, Pints and Union, across the street. Pints and Union is amazing. Union. You yeah, have, I okay. Have. Yes. We like that a lot. So oh, I've always loved the little town. I mean, even before it was modernized, and mm. I saw it in my mind as where my grandmother lives. And yeah, this is like old little town, but uh, yeah, it's you know the last time I was there, I noticed it was really changing and, and there was a lot of new stuff going in they're trying yeah you know it's hard in the shadows of louisville sure you know, everybody goes to louisville for everything but well, now you gotta pay the toll to go across the bridge yeah that's true so you mentioned that you're from boston how did you make it to ohio sure uh so like i said my father is from indiana my mom is from cleveland uh well initially from canada but grew up in cleveland uh, they met at ohio university and then moved when they graduated uh, out to Boston to take a risk on some graphic design careers of for my father. Uh, so I've been out there. I was born and raised there, um, just about 25 minutes northwest of uh, Boston, little suburb called Winchester. Um, when I was 18, I decided I did not want to live in Massachusetts anymore. Uh, loved the state, loved to visit, but I wanted something a little different wait aren't the Wahlberger Wahlbergs from Winchester they are not from Winchester but they are from some no they're from the uh I don't know I don't yeah know I, think they I think they are they're, they're not from my town let me tell you that oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would know if they were if, if they were from my town I would know uh but I thought they were southeast yeah that's what I thought too oh, okay maybe yeah Winchester is a more like white bread northwestern suburb uh so when I was looking at schools, uh, a lot of my family had gone to OU, and I knew I didn't want to go anywhere in Massachusetts. My, I, don't know, I applied to a, some safety school, so I didn't have to go too far. You didn't want to go to MIT? Mm, Harvard? It would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great if I was, if I was that smart. But uh, you know, my, my, music, uh, my music recording degree with my English minor and uh, music minor didn't necessarily play super hard into Harvard for me. Uh, so I ended up at OU and I graduated. Solid. Yeah. yeah it, I had a great time there. Um, learned a lot. Everybody yeah. always asks, it's, you know, people always say, oh, you went to OU, you know, party school. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I had my fun there, but I also, I got two and a half degrees, you know, what, nice. <laughs> what, what do you, what do you want from me? Um, what are your degrees in? Uh, so I have a degree in music, uh, technology and also English and then a minor in music. Oh, wow. Um, so I moved up here in 2010 with my band because we thought Columbus was a good jumping off point if we ever wanted to tour. 
uh, which we did a 25-city tour uh, that summer. And we thought, if we want to do this again, Columbus is a great Midwestern jumping point. So we kind of moved here, and I've been here ever since. And this is the same band that you're still with? Same band. Wow. How, how long ago was that? That was 2010. Ten years ago. Ten years. Nice. So what's new at Sidebar? Do you have a new menu? We actually just put out two new menus. Uh, both of our, our cocktail menu has changed, and we just put out a new food menu as of last week. Um, Your food's so amazing. And it, it, the food hasn't changed too much. Uh, we took away a lot of our entrees, but we sort of parsed them out into small plates. And so instead of getting a lamb shank with a side of risotto and broccoli or mashed potatoes or whatever was coming with it, now you get the lamb shank. And then you can also get the mashed potatoes or the risotto or anything else that you want. Oh, nice. And they're still very generous portions. And they're not, you know, they're not $30 anymore. They're, it's maybe a $16 dish. But, you know, mix and match your sides. And like I said, still very generous portions. Um, but the cocktail amazing. menu we released the day after Christmas. Uh, it has been a long work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started working on it, I think, before I started working there. Which oh, has wow. been a little over two years. And um, we saw a preview of it the last yes. time we were in. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so and, and I've, I know I've done at least one of them for the tour at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we basically switched out about three quarters of the menu. We kept some mainstays that are never going to go away. I mean, we can't ever get rid of a Moscow mule on our menu. Or Stockyard Pony. Exactly. Stockyard Pony is a modern classic. It it sells very well. Um, The tequila-based strength, the wise old man, is still on there. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, the the four-step, the the vodka fruity drink is still going to stay forever just because it it outsells everything else. Hmm. That being said, the rest of the drinks, we have a 13-drink menu, um, and they're great. I mean, we, we have everything from dark and stirred and spicy to light and tiki with fire and uh, a really great mezcal uh, egg white drink that's on there. And it's, it's, a, it's a good variety. And so far, there isn't a front runner as far as what's selling, which is amazing. You know, when we usually when you know, when you go somewhere, you kind of can guess what's the most popular drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all seem to be balanced out so far. Great. So they're all delicious. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what we like. Nice. Uh, we've never had a bad cocktail or mm-hmm. food experience at Sidebar. It's just mm-hmm. such we a... Appreciate that. We, we can't say enough about that. No, we appreciate that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We're here to take care of you. So how does your um, process go for creating cocktails? Um, I'm going to echo something that I've heard both Gary White and um, Travis Owens say. And as a musician... Um, I build it like a piece of music. Now, I don't really compose or I I can weasel my way around a piano, but I still think of it in the same way as you got your bass, you have something that that augments it, which is, let's say you're building a three-chord or three-note chord. You have your bass, you have something in the middle that kind of augments it, and then you have your top note, which is your garnish or your flash of of, uh, citrus or something to brighten it up a little bit. So I like dark and boozy and stirred for the most part. So... A lot of the times, if I'm just experimenting with stuff, I, I work around what flavors I know. You know, I might pick up, uh, you know, an allspice dram and say, hey, you know what, well, what do I want to do with this? Um, you know, I might grab, you know, a bourbon or a dark uh, aged rum or, or something like that and say, all right, I got these two flavors. How do they work together? Do they work together? Do they not work together? Mm-hmm. Why don't they? Why do they? What can I add? One more thing. And then I go from there. I usually start with a three ingredient base and then continue to 
expand or contract appropriately. Um, so is this something that you do on your own time at home or do you do this on like before you start service or how does that work? Um, I will often uh, maybe have an idea at home, mm -hmm. but my home bar tends to um, get consumed fairly quickly Depleted. by anybody else or <laughs> me. You know, I, I'm, I'm the type of person I will buy one or two bottles at a time, uh -huh. work my way through them and then continue on and do the same thing. Makes sense. Um, so I don't have, I'm not one of those people with a huge home battle Election. station that can, but I also have the benefit of being able to go into work and I have access to 200 bottles we have on our shelf. Yeah. I mean, and the owners are okay with me doing that, which is nice. That is know? nice. So I can try to conceive of an idea, usually draw inspiration from something I'm reading, something I'm listening to, something somebody said to me, hey, I, I had this great creme brulee the other day or I had this great bananas foster. And I said, oh, you know what? got something for that I can I can or I think I do and then mm -hmm. I'll get to work and either it works or it totally tanks mm -hmm. now we talk about this a lot on the podcast is your palate is that something you've learned you've trained over time or is just something that comes naturally to you or do you read it in a book if what flavors go together um my actual palate is pretty bad I would say <laughs> uh, <laughs> um at least and initially it was. Um, I did a lot of reading. Um, I, I would say much like my own instrument, I'm more or less self-taught in this profession as well. Um, I read as much as I can. I, you know, Flavor Bible really helped me because my palate for wine, I've done hundreds of wine tastings, and anybody can tell me that, you know, you taste red fruits, black fruits, dark, you know, you know cedar, oak, I'll believe you, but I don't taste I'm it. My, my, my palate just isn't that refined. Yeah. And so I understand more maybe from a food side, but to be honest, I like really bland food. Okay. So it's more of, all right, um, I wanted to make a pear drink, something with pear in it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to use real pears. I wanted to use different kinds. What what pears, well, pardon the pun, but what pears with <laughs> pears? Um, pepper does. Okay, that's what that's what makes sense to me, all right, spice. And pepper, to me, screams tequila. Because mm. to, for me, I get first thing I ever taste on the tequila is that pepper note, okay. uh, mm -hmm. at least for a decent one. Um, and so I kind of went from there and ended up making a really, actually really great wintertime cocktail at Strongwater before I was at Sidebar, uh, sold really, really well. And it was just three kinds of pears in a spice syrup and reposada tequila and probably something else that I'm totally forgetting but mm, it sounds amazing you know that's that's how my thought process works is mm. I, I'll probably start with I want to use this ingredient because it sounds interesting mm -hmm. and then I'll try it seven different ways and if it doesn't work then I'll maybe I'll scrap the idea but uh, interesting so what about the naming of the cocktails how does that process that is something that I'm terrible at um, puns are always the go-to and I try not to be too funny but I try, you know, the first one that comes to my head is usually something totally inappropriate for a restaurant. Like what? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> and we can come back to that if you can't think of one. Oh, man. Um, yeah, let's come back to that. Okay. No problem. So I, when I you... I have some written down that are somewhere. Do you... So you think of names, write them down, and then do you have to run them past the owners, or do they just basically let you name? At, at Sidebar, I have pretty much creative freedom. They know that I know what is appropriate and what is not. <laughs> um, in my younger days, maybe I tried to get away with some some kind of funnier puns that 
maybe some people would get and some people uh-huh. wouldn't. Um, but generally, I have total control over our menu. Nice. Uh, so we can name whatever we want. We, Chris and I were working on one of my drinks that ended up being called the Flock of Sigale. Uh, Sigale is rye in Italian. Mm-hmm. We originally had that named as Steven Sigale, and then we decided that because of his like political orientations, we decided to change the name to something that was funnier. Yeah, I like without that. Being I like the flock of spread. I mean, yeah, I like that better. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta feel out your craft. And it was a good cocktail. To- I tried it last time we were in there. I appreciate that. Good stuff. Um, speaking of cocktails, you're gonna make us a cocktail right now. I am. What are you gonna make for us? I'm gonna make you something that I. Uh, it's an original creation of mine. It's called the G and J. Just the letters G and J. Okay. Uh, G and J. It is a split base. Uh, Tanqueray, Redemption Rye, uh, with some Aperol, a little bit of Luxardo, some Angostura bitters, and some Reagan's Orange bitters as well. Ooh, it sounds wonderful. Okay, is we're it gonna a riff on a gin and juice, or it it is not. Uh, it is named after two people. Oh, um, there's actually a really great story here. Uh, these two people have been uh, regulars that became friends of mine uh, for years. They they came in and they were one of the first people that would trust me enough to say, "Hey, make me whatever you want." And so they'd come in every time and just say, hey, go ahead, be creative, do whatever you want. You know what we like, go for it. And so they really, um, really helped me develop my skills um, just on coming on a slow Tuesday night or something and just say, hey, go, go for it. You know, we'll pay for whatever, you know, however, just don't kill us. But yeah, nice. Um, and so they came in for years and then uh, one of them pulled me aside uh, some in the spring of 2017 and said, hey, can you make sure it was a, like, you're working on this day? It was a day I didn't normally work. I said, um, that's the week I'm on vacation. I'm actually out of town. He looked at me and said, oh, um, okay, well, that's, uh, that's a bummer. I said, looked at him and said, you guys have been together for 19 years. Are you guys getting married? And he said, how did you, how did you figure that out? Said, well, I've been together for 19 years. You come in every week, you know. Is getting courthouse married? How, how do you know these things? I, said, I, just, I can see it on your face. I'm a bartender. Right. And so I said, I, I said, I won't be there, but I promise, you know, you trust my staff to take care of you and I will leave you a present. Aww. So I created this for them. Um, one of them is a big gin drinker. The other is a big rye drinker. Uh, they both like smoked drinks. Um, the ice that I'm going to use is actually smoked ice. Um, so it's smoke infused ice. And uh, it's going to get a little flamed orange on top. But this was something that I created for their wedding to be delivered to them, even though I couldn't be there. Oh, that's so that's sweet. Yeah. You're a good guy. Oh. Can you tell their names? Uh, Greg and Johnny. Nice. Are they still married? They are. Nice. That's good. <laughs> very, happy, very happily married. Even better. All right. Well, we're going to um, take a break, and you're going to mix us up a G&J, and we'll be right back. And we are back with the G and J cocktails, celebrating the love of G and J. Cheers. Cheers. So it's a beautiful orange color. I can 
really, really smell the orange. So, uh, listeners, if you go on our Instagram page, Blair is going to post a video of Alex lighting the orange run on fire. What's the trick to getting a good flame on that? So, unlike most of the time, um, when you do an orange peel or a citrus peel where you don't want any of that rind or the pith on there because it Mm -hmm. adds some bitterness to it, uh, rather than using a peeler, if you take a knife and cut a little disc out of the citrus... Um, it gets a little bit of the rind on there and it's a lot easier to pinch. And so that shoots the oils out across the flame rather than kind of like sort of weakly expressing the oils like you would with a twist. Mm. Uh, so a, a disc works a lot better for that. Okay. So you smoked the ice. I did. How did you do that? Um, I used a smoking gun. And so I just uh, took a bowl and covered it with saran wrap. Okay. Took the smoking gun, fed it in underneath um, wood chips in the smoking gun, lit it, let it permeate for about 10 minutes, smoked it again, repeated the process about three or four times. Um, I will say noticing drinking this, I don't taste as much as I did the last time. Of that, the smoke? Yep. It's not super prevalent. Um, I think the wood chips that I was using may have been a little older than the I'm last time. I'm happy about it, that. It's there, though. It's there. It's yeah. supposed to be subtle. Yeah. You know, it's, I didn't want... A bell jar smoke. No. You know, um, I just wanted a little bit. And as you drink it down or as it melts the ice that's in your glass, Mm -hmm. which is also smoked, um, it'll just get there a little bit. You know, it's not so, it's not mezcal smoky. It's not torch the glass smoky. It's just mildly smoked. I feel like if it were more smoky, it would overwhelm the gin. Sure. Because right now I am tasting the gin and the rye. Absolutely. And the Aperol. I'm tasting it all. But I, I think that if you had smoked it more, yeah, you'd, you'd overwhelm that gin. And so you you cracked the ice while you were making the cocktail. I did with some sort of tool. Yep, it's just a it's an old school ice cracker. Uh, it's just a stick with uh, two like a wooden ball in the middle. It's specifically designed for cracking ice. Um, it was used a lot during like. 60s, 70s house parties, you know, or uh, I see a lot of people do it for hand-hewn ice. Um, you know, if you take a big ice block and cut it yourself. Uh-huh. Um, I know the the guys at the bottle shop use theirs a lot uh, mm-hmm. just to cut it down to fit in the glass. Gotcha. Uh, so you'll take a, you know, a big chunk and then just cut the edges off of it. And um, it could also be used to keep your patrons in line. Oh, absolutely. Line it's, a great, it's a great tool to have <laughs> behind the bar. Whack. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So it's, it's gin mm-hmm. because G likes gin and J likes smoky. So you use the rye for J. I don't even think I told you that. So you just figured that out. No, I think you said that. Did I? I'm not that bright. <laughs> um, and then Campari, which. Uh, Aperol. Or Aperol, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always mix those up. Um, that gives it a nice sweetness. In, right? And oranginess. Mm-hmm. Oranginess. And then. Uh, Angostura bitters, and then what's the other? Uh, Reagan's orange bitters. Why? Why that specific? Those are the those are my favorite kind of orange bitters. They're okay. they're not too strong. Um, I find that some of the other brands are a little maybe too on the bitter side and less on the orange side for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of what I've always after I tasted a couple of them in different combinations. Uh, I, just the one I've always liked, and they're cheap. You know, they're not yeah. they're not crazy expensive like some of the high high end brands. It's really uh, and there's delicious. a little bit of that sweetness comes from just there's a bar spoon of Luxardo in there. Oh, okay. Uh, which is something, again, I used Aperol rather than Campari just to keep with a little tad sweetness, but also get that orange and grapefruit sort of flavor in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just barely any sugar on top. Okay. 
So usually I would say that that many um, ingredients would, they would all get lost, but they really don't. Nope. You can, you can pick them out. I, I was uh, trying to design something that paired perfectly like these two people because I've oh. seen, I mean, no, no, it's really cheesy, but it isn't cheesy. as it's soon wonderful. as I, as soon as I met them, the reason that I did meet them was they were coming in, uh, to the bar I was working at on their date nights because they lived not too far away and that they actually changed their date night to a different night of the week to make sure that they'd always be there while I was working so that I would, you know, that's great. So we, you know, built this relationship. So I know them very well and I understand their personalities and they're different mm -hmm. people, obviously very mm -hmm. different people, but, uh, you know, they work really well together. So mm -hmm. I wanted everything to like balance really well in this drink. Very nice. It's very, very yeah. tasty. So, um, I know you listened to our last podcast with our super fan, Megan, and one of her requests was that, um, if they could go into the bar and request this cocktail, would she be able to do that? That is the great thing about this cocktail is other than the smoked ice, which I will not make all the time because it's kind of difficult to do, or it's not, it's not practical to do it in mm -hmm. large format. Right. Um, so other than the smoked ice, I can make this drink for anybody, anytime. Okay. I always have, everybody always has these ingredients. I might switch out the rye or the gin, depending on your tastes or my availability. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I'm always going to have gin. I'm always going to have rye. always going to have Aperol, Luxardo, and both of those bitters and oranges at my bar. Okay. So you heard that, listeners. Get over to Sidebar and get the G&J cocktail or something else. So you mentioned that um, G&J would come in and just say, I trust you, make me whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that annoying to you generally? Or how do you feel about that, that? That's a good question. And it it depends on the night. I, I always try to say, you know, read the room. You know, if mm -hmm. I'm if I'm slammed, if I'm working on the service bar and I have 10 tickets in front of me and you're sitting at the one seat that I can also service and you say that to me when I'm in the middle of obviously making 7, 10, 12 drinks at They're one time. They're going to get a Budweiser. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, make me whatever you want. It's going to be, I'm going to pull Bill Murray and say, here's, here's a shot of tequila. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else will be with you in a minute. But, you know, if it's, it really helps that they started doing that on nights when it was slow. Yeah. It's a great, it's a fun thing to do. And it's a great way to build a relationship with a bartender. Mm -hmm. If you are there on a slow night and you say, hey, can you make me something? But don't ever say, don't ever expect them to just be like, yes. And mm -hmm. then go and just make something that mm -hmm. you'll absolutely love. You should expect them to ask, you know, what do you normally drink? That's normally how I follow that up. Okay. You know, what is your spirit of choice? Do you like sweet? Do you like savory? Do you like smoky? Do you like dark boozy? Do you like light and citrusy? You know, there's a lot of questions that you can ask. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's a bar in my hometown of Boston called Drink. They were, when they first opened at least, uh, they, they won all these sorts of awards because they don't have a menu. And so you go in and there is no menu. So you have to talk to your bartender and say, I like whiskey, I like gin, and I like martinis, but I don't, I don't feel like a martini can I have, you know, the, and they'll walk you through the process. And I'm sure they all have a book in their back pocket with, mm -hmm. you know, here's the answers they gave me. It's a flow mm -hmm. chart of sorts. And, mm -hmm. you know, you end on maybe this drink or it's something like that. But I always thought that was an interesting idea. Um, now, of course, uh, I want a menu. I want people to be able to choose. And especially right. for the volume that we do, that would be impossible. Right. Um, but, you know, all of my staff, all of our staff at, at Sidebar is willing to attempt to be creative. Nice. Well, you get something that you love every time? No, probably not, but that's the risk we, you take asking the exactly, question. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, we absolutely do that. Um, we and have, it's a great way to get to know each other. Exactly. You know, you know the again, the reason that I did a, a gin and a rye 
split base. That's a very strange combination. Even when I was working on it, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. That's what I said when yeah. I was buying the ingredients. You know, like this is a very <laughs> odd combination. It shouldn't work, but it did. It, really and it does, and it, yeah. You know, um, and that's, and they still come in almost, they, they went down from, from weekly to one monthly, you know, budget constraints going out, you know, seven times a week. But, um, you know, then they still do the same thing. And I still have people that say, hey, you know, this is what I feel like drinking, but, it, you know, I want a margarita, but I don't want a margarita. Yeah. Okay. And we can, I can take that and run with it. Mm -hmm. I can, and some, 90% of the time it works. And, mm -hmm. the, and that 10%, you said, you get that person that's, oh, this is really not what I want. And say, mm -hmm. all right, I'm not going to charge you for it. I'm sorry. You don't have to drink it. I'll, I'll dump it out. And then I can get you something else. Well, that's nice of you. Well, you know, it's my fault. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's their fault for trusting you well. at that, for... <laughs> To try to match As their you know. taste. Well, it's about the customer satisfaction. Oh, you're so. right. You're right. That's why you do what you do because you're good at it and hospitable. Well, it's also the benefit of being um, owner, owned, uh, chef owned and operated. Where you know, if they if they say, "Hey, why did you throw that out?" I said, "Well, did they walk out the door happy? You know, mm -hmm. are they going to come back?" And he'll, yes, yes, they did. You know, if you work for a hotel, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, everything that goes out has to be paid for. Right. You know, there's no there's no buying somebody a drink. There's no using uh, a comp tab or anything like that. You know, it's it's the beauty of uh, you know small business. Mm -hmm. You can you know it, it, it's a higher cost margin. I totally get it, but it's a much easier way to work with ownership. We've always talked about how the customer service at Sidebar is bar none. Mm -hmm. It is one of the best in the city it really because is. of how great the staff is and the owners. Yeah. And and I think it is top down. Oh, absolutely. And and on, on any given night, you know, at least, you know, there there are two partnered owners and if one of them isn't on the floor, they're both on the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, it, or if you find those 2 minutes where they're both off, you could if you asked for one of them, you'd get them in 2 minutes, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's what I really And they enjoy always about. go out of their way to say hi to us and They're they're wonderful. They really are. Yeah. Well, Tirsa does. I don't know the other one. Who's oh, Alberto, he's, well, since he's the chef, he's usually in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. So, so see him more. See but, him periodically. Yeah. He might pop out if, uh, occasionally, but mm. especially with the new menu rollout, he's back there all the time now. He's mm -hmm. Can't can't wait to try the new food. We were there the other night, but we had just uh, just the top, the normal tapas. Sure. Um, but can't wait to check out the mm -hmm. new menu. So, Alex, do you have any stories that you would like to share with us now I, I was thinking about this earlier today and um as much as i am a upscale casual bartender now in my early days i was not like i said i came up from a music venue dive bar so i've had beer poured on me i've been spat in the face i've been oh, no. uh, swung at multiple times <laughs> <laughs> um uh, back when i was still working at Strongwater, there's a uh, a wedding venue or a big event space there as well. Yeah. And they have their own bar and I was working in the restaurant. Uh, now the, the event space and the restaurant are separate. Mm -hmm. um, you're not supposed to bring beverages back and forth, but when weddings get out or rehearsal dinners get out, oftentimes the, the restaurant bar is open about two hours later than the event space. So a lot of times they'll mosey on up and continue their, their party. So one Friday we were particularly busy. It was one of the busier nights of the month. And there was a rehearsal dinner and the wedding party was there and they were just, they had had dinner and they were fine. Uh, we were kind of joking around with one or two of the groomsmen and, but we were busy. I mean, there was probably 60 or 70 people in the bar and there was just two, two bartenders working 
and all of a sudden our POS went down, you know, on a, on a Friday night at, at 1130, oh, you know, so, so we're scrambling trying to get the internet back up or whatever, figure out what the problem was, breaking out the knuckle buster to take the credit cards and, and we finally get it fixed. <laughs> You know, we're, we're just doing everything we can we can to keep everybody happy. You know, I sort of, as soon as that happens, you just kind of look at You look at your staff and just say, keep serving drinks. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. Because you don't want everybody to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually everybody did leave once, and once it kind of quieted down. Night was over. I'll go home. Come back the next day. It's another busy Saturday night. And now that same party is having their actual wedding. Mm. And I guess this wedding was rowdy. I mean, mm. because they came up at... 11:15, right after the kitchen had closed, so a lot of the a lot of the bar patrons had kind of made their way out, and I could we could already hear one of the groomsmen that we were talking to the night before coming down the hallway because you don't have to go outside. There's a hallway, but there's just so he, we can already hear him, and he is just gone. You know, he is hammered out of his mind. I can hear him slurring, screaming, stumbling, whatever. Oh, so he Lord. comes out and he looks at the same two bartenders working me, me and the other guy. He just throws his hands up in the air and just goes, these two motherfuckers, what the fuck happened last night? And we were just like, whoa, you know, we're, <laughs> we had just dealt with the entire dinner service for the night. Like we're kind of in take a breath mode, yeah. wait for this next step. And this is the next step that we have to deal with is this guy is coming in already just sweating, uh, just belligerent. And so we're, oh we're all right, trying to figure out who he was. Like, all right, yes, I remember talking to you. But first I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> talking to me this way, walking into my bar this He's way. He's about to get cut. Um, and, <laughs> and so he, he sits down on the, on the bar stool. And then the rest of the wedding party comes up. It's probably about 30 people. So this is 30 people all walking in at once. Luckily, there's still two of us there. Um, and a couple of them are sort of, you know, on questionable side. No, nobody's as bad as this one guy. Mm-hmm. But he orders a drink from me. Uh, okay, you know, we try to appease the wedding guests because it's still the same sure. ownership and the same company yeah. and whatnot. Like, all right, you know, all of them always take taxis and Ubers, and usually they have you can have a charter bus taking them whatever right. hotels. Like, okay, fine, fine. So I go down the other side of the bar. I think he ordered a beer which was like the longest walk from where he was sitting. And about, I got about halfway back up and he falls out of his stool. Oh no. And so I just put the bar, the beer on the back bar and said, and he's like, well, wait, that's mine. No, no, it's not. <laughs> not anymore. No, I said, uh, he's like, oh, come on, man. I just, I just slipped off. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I can't give that to you. And he's the father of the bride is standing behind him. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And he's the father of bride is relatively sober. He's like, yeah. What do you mean? I said, well, he just he just fell out of his chair. I can't serve him. Yeah. He said, what do you mean? They're serving him back here. I was like, this this is my bar. Yeah. Like that's back there. Good for you. Yeah. I can't. I'm not going to serve him. It kind of turned into this whole thing where, in about eight tenths of a second, this guy went from pleading to to get his beer and smiling to his face totally turned, and the father of the bride had to hold him back from trying to jump over the bar and either grab me or the beer. Oh my god. And the bar there is big. It's yeah. wider than this table. So right. I, even if I wasn't even if I was standing right at the edge, she couldn't reach me. Yeah. It didn't matter. But I just kind of took a step back and crossed my arms and said, I'm not serving you. <laughs> and I go and I And now at, I'm definitely not right, serving. Right. And now I look at the father of Brian and said, look at this. And he's like, okay, I get it. I get it. And so a couple of the other people are ordering from the other bartender. And there's a little bit of confusion. They think their wedding tab is still open. 
it's not. And even if it was, it's separate bars, so right. we can't charge it. So a couple of people are getting a little confused why the other bartender is charging them. And it erupts. It's just this all perfect storm of drunk wedding people trying to think that they still own the place, oh, even though this is gosh. a public place. They're in a public space now. Yes. Turned into this another miscommunication where the mother of the bride thought that we weren't going to serve anybody from the wedding party at all. Because I said, that guy's cut off. I'm not serving him. Mm-hmm. And then another guy, there was one other guy that was there, and I said, I'm not serving him either. Mm-hmm. And she flipped out. She, I, she, I remember specifically, she said the words, we just paid your rent for the entire month with this party. How dare you not serve us? And I just, wow. I just looked at her and I was like, you didn't pay our rent at all. First of all, the guy owns the building, so there is no rent, so that's all <laughs> But, um, And I was just trying to calm her down. I was like, let me get your coordinator. She can explain this to you. Like, this is a bar. This is a public bar. I have a liability for me. I can't serve these people. Mm-hmm. She said, well, what, what's the problem with any of us getting a drink? I said, I didn't say that. Now you're saying that. Yeah. And then they, luckily my general manager was there and she was able to sort of calm the situation, but they left, they left in a huff. I mean, they oh. were just, I, and it started with a guy almost trying to hit me just to get a beer, Sheesh. just to get like a Miller Lite. Drunken fools. Yeah. So did anybody come back to apologize the next day? Oh, absolutely not. Wow. I think the bride, I think in an email, said, I'm sorry for my family. Because the bride and groom were gone at this point. It was just the wedding party. Wow. Well, so let me just say that behavior is unacceptable. Indeed. But sort of in their defense, um, when there is free drinks to be had. Oh, absolutely. I personally will drink until I cannot drink anymore. There's something stupid about free shit that I'm just oh, like. Who doesn't love an open yeah. bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. But I, I don't think I would ever act that way. Right. They, they were also, they had been there all day. So they already knew that, you know, their bar was separate from our bar. And they had been there the night before paying for things. So what makes right. this night any different than yeah. any other night? Right. And there were, other pe- they were there were other people in the bar when they got there. And those people left very quickly. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Yeah. So you should have been like the soup Nazi. Been like, no more for you. I mean. No more for you. It's kind of what yeah. he did. It's kind of what I did. Because <laughs> I just kind of took a step back, crossed my arms and said, no, this isn't happening. <laughs> back in the line. Yeah. <laughs> no beer wow. for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. People are assholes. Well, sometimes. Mm. It's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> Do you have any others you want to share? Oh. <laughs> other than just, you know, throwing people out of, of dive bars. Uh, the, the homeless guy spitting in my face was, was definitely a bad Ooh. one. But it, it was... Short version of that story is it was a free metal show. And so... This guy walks in, you know, he has an ID. My so, head's going all sorts of places with right. that. So, so he has an ID, he has a, a debit card to open a tab, and he looks like he could just be a, a grungy metalhead. You know, he's got long, strangly hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just kind of like, I don't know, walking around like a caveman, whatever. It's a metal show in the afternoon on the Sunday. I said, oh, all right, you know, whatever. I don't have to take any money. So he opens a, he opens a tab at the bar. I think he had half a beer, and then, I don't know, 10 minutes later, one of the bartenders came over and said, you let that guy in? I said, yeah. He said, well, he's tearing um, a sign down off the back wall right now. He's got to go. I look over, and sure enough, he's just ripping out. It was just a hung sign that was, I don't know, from one of the bands or something. He's just pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it. And so I go up to him and like, hey, dude, like, you, you can't do that. Like, you got to go. 
And he just turns around with like fire in his eyes. And I, I for sure thought he was going to hit me. It, and I, I took a step back because I didn't touch him or anything. I just called my attention to him. And he just sort of started mumbling at me. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this Ill. isn't, yeah, this isn't just a, a drunk metalhead. This is, all right, this is actually a problem. Luckily, um, the, the metal scene in Columbus, very nice community. Mm-hmm. Lots of very big, burly men that all, because I was, uh, I was like 22 at the time. I was much uh, smaller than I am now. <laughs> so I didn't really know what to do. I was just like, man, what do I, luckily this big tattooed bald dude just came over and was like, grabbed him on the shoulder, grabbed his other arm so he couldn't do anything and started walking him out and sort of pushed him towards the door, which was also close to the bar. And so I'm following him out, like mm-hmm. sh- sh- ushering him out the door. And on his way out, he grabs a beer off the bar, which was not his. Uh, upends it into his mouth, turns around and spits it in my face. Oh. And then, and I just was like, and luckily again, it was the same dude just came over and was like, get the fuck out of here, which is something I'd already said like four times, but somebody like four times my size and at least twice this guy's size, just being like, get out was the funniest (laughs) thing. And then two weeks later, uh, one of the bands that were playing a show uh, tried to get him in on their guest list. And I was like, no fucking way. Oh, wow. That guy is never allowed in here again. They're like, well, what's wrong with him? He seems awful nice. So it's like, yeah, not until he spits in your face, dude. Holy shit. That's that terrible. Funny. That's huh. dangerous, too. He could have any sort of disease. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. I actually later found out that he uh, stabbed two people <gasps> later after that. No. That I'm night? Kidding. No, not that night. Oh. Uh, just I had, after that. I had another incident. confrontation with the same person once. Oh uh, and then the cops, the cops were called, and they told me to just... Avoid. Yeah, wow. don't 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 confront him because he stabbed people before. Shit. It's like, oh all right, God. great. Oh, I had two two confrontations. I didn't get stabbed. No, so. but <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Wow, thank you for those stories. <laughs> Super shit. exciting. I'm sure my mom's gonna love them. All right, Alex. Thank you so much for being our guest. And tell us, tell our listeners where they can, when they can see you at Sadbar. Sure. Uh, I am behind the bar. Uh, generally speaking, Tuesdays. Fridays and Saturdays. I'm often there Wednesdays and Thursdays, sort of in a background role um, or just all the time. (laughs) I basically live there now. Um, (laughs) You can find me uh, on Instagram at Drinks and Drums and uh, at Sidebar Columbus. And the band again? Uh, She Bears, S-H-E-B-E-A-R-S. And do you have a release date yet for? No. No. Okay. (laughs) It was supposed to be the fall, but we're not done with it yet. Well, let us know and we'll... uh... We'll post that, right? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, and and listeners, um, ask for the G&J cocktail, and you will get it uh, sans the uh, smoked ice. Sure. All right. But Thank delicious. you so much. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.